You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hardcore podcast, where we're going to talk a lot about hardcore today. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. I'm Tom. What do we got, fellas? <sighs> we're doing good. Did you? Are you back on track? You remembered the flow of everything? I guess. I not not really. I'm I'm still a, a little out of whack. Mm, you no, know, you know. Um, before we get knee deep in hardcore chat of the day, we want to shout out our wonderful sponsors. To Live a Lie Records. Blap. Death Wish Inc. Blap. Closed Casket Activities. Blap, blap. Tom, give me a Tom sound for today's highlighted sponsor, Run for Cover Records. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, I was hoping you'd go brap. No. Brap. They go full on thugged out like fucking like, brap. like Yo, 95 Timberland rap. Yeah, pretty yes. good. I like it. I like it. Um, shout out to everybody at Run for Cover Records. We we love them. Uh, they've been doing a lot of stuff. Um, you've probably seen it. Uh, they got the new One Step Closer record out there. Hell yeah! Got the Portrayal of Guilt. Yes, it is Portrayal of Guilt. Christ Fucker LP out there. Really cool. There's a bunch of variants, which is crazy. So go get those. Uh, the Anxious uh, Little Green House. Uh, LP is out there. Go order that. I know the variants are going quick. But today we're highlighting the fact that not only do they have these new records, they just signed a new band named Waveform. Um, Really chill, kind of mellowish, fuzzy stuff from Connecticut. Um, They are re-releasing their latest album, Last Room, on vinyl for the very first time. So it's due out in January, like all these records that are coming out. It's up for order now. Um, yo, go check it out. If you're a fan of the last turnover record, if you're a fan of the more mellow run for cover stuff, I highly recommend this. I, I was pretty pleased when I checked out the song favorite song. Um, it's cool. It's fun. It's it's light, but uh, it still moves, if that makes any sense. Is this the band? I watched a, a music video today. I think I think it was this band where I just thought the concept of the video was something I actually have lived and it was so annoying that I was like, Oh, I have to click on this. It's a guy who has to move a bed across town. Yes. Correct. 100%. Have you ever had to do that? I had to, I, one time I had to move a mattress in the rain. Holy shit. The worst. I had to throw out a fucking box spring. Oh, getting rid of a box spring is really fucking annoying by myself. Didn't fit in the elevator. Had to carry it down the stairs. That's when you just throw it down the stairs. But then that's when I was like, yo, being single is onerous. Oh, yo, there's a like lot. Of if pop- I could have just someone on the other end of this, help me down. The oh, stairs with this, it makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. Oh, my God. Brutal. Yeah, there's a lot of parts of life that we don't really talk about. <laughs> it gets dark. 
Hold on one second. I'm going to take this uh, call from a guy that we have business relationship with. It's going to take two seconds. And, and shout out everybody. Runforcoverrecords.com. Go check it out. Also, get that last Narrowhead record, Satisfaction. Um, that's up for pre-order right now, too. So, um, yeah. Yo, shout out to them for diversifying their bonds. Lots of cool stuff out there. Uh, Tom, how are you doing today while Patrick is on the other line? I'm doing all right. I'm watching a little fucking foosball, you know, in the background. Ooh, foosball in the background. Yeah. What's going on with working? that? Uh, I mean, well, if I give the game, then we're giving away when we sold. When we oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, oh, you mean football. I thought you literally meant foosball. Like, like. Oh, I wish. Yeah, I'm playing. You know, like, I'm like well, yo, you, what, you guys what, are you on ESPN? The quietest four? game of foosball ever. Yeah. 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 Like you're on the, the Ocho, you know, like, come on. <laughs> um, How's work? Been? I have a uh, work has been crazy. Um, yeah, a uh, bunch of stuff with COVID stuff, and then just people leaving, and just it's 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 been a lot. Um, you got then, something? Give me something. What do you got? Well, I was gonna, you know, a movie that I watched recently mm. that is uh, that I would recommend every every hardcore dude to watch. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a movie called. Um, um, oh my god! You're blanking. Promising young woman. Okay. Promising oh yeah. Young woman. Okay. I've heard about this one. So it's Carrie Mulligan. Um, Bo Burnham's like her partner in it. Alfred Molina's in it. I'm not gonna get into it. Just because you should watch it, kind of like unsou- unsullied. But I think a lot of people in general, but hardcore dudes should watch this movie. All right. All right. Everybody that. report back. It's one of those movies like I was talking. We were talking about this the other night. Like, you know, those movies that are like, fuck, that like really impacted me, but I'll never watch it again. Yep. Yeah. It's one of those. It's like Re- Requiem for a Dream. Not that. Well, the, 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 it, 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 it's a pretty it's a pretty heavy movie. So just like if you're watching with people, like be aware of what I mean, I think you'll figure out pretty early on what it's about. Um, but I think it's something you should definitely watch. All right. We'll do it's on HBO. Get into it. Love it. Because uh, P- that movie was fucking insane. Okay. I've got some movie. I, I guys with um, when you have a small child, like very small. Yes. You uh, you can't. You can't get to the movies that much. And also, you got to pick your spots. But recently, after about 8 p.m., if I'm not recording Axe to Grind, I, uh, I do have a little bit of time where I can just chill. And literally, the only thing I want to do is lay down and, and watch a movie or TV or sports. And so, uh, yeah, I've been I've been on the hunt for some good stuff. So uh, if people throw your recommendations our way. We'll catch that. PK, how is our business associate? Mm-hmm. Uh, our business associate is good, uh, you know, uh, to, to uh, not to be morbid, but to uh, our listeners who uh, have neither parent in their life anymore. Shout out to you. I uh, am seeing up close that there's a, a lot to that, obviously. Yes. And also uh, the actual nuts and bolts is very annoying uh, of kind of, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, cleaning up somebody's life you know, uh, after they're gone. Uh, so 
Uh, he's dealing with that, but doing a good job. Uh, the, you know, life is annoying, right? Like you got to sell houses. You got to do, uh, you got, you, you got to clean up people's accounts, call up a bunch of accounts, which by the way, weirdly, many accounts require you to have the death certificate, which is totally morbid and strange. Correct. And, uh, there's just a lot to probably it. necessary so, evil, which sucks. Yeah. yeah we, it, it's yeah. It's like, a, I don't know how you get around it bureau- bureaucratically, but, uh, yeah, it's just, there's. It well, seems like a total uh, headache. You you said it well. Life is annoying, but uh, what people don't tell you is that death is both sad and then also annoying. Um, yeah, annoying as like, hell. That's exactly it's, right. It's a sad thing. So um, shout out to everybody who's who's had to suffer loss and and the the immediate after moment is something people don't talk about. It's like it's like those things they don't talk. Like yo, I'm not going to do it here, but like. Uh, birth the delivery is a very different thing than what you see on TV. There's a lot going on and can be really beautiful, really crazy, really a lot of things. Uh, when, when somebody close to you close enough that you have to then get involved and deal with things dies, you know, all of a sudden you're being uh, asked for paperwork and asked for doing this. And now, Hey, here's, here's what has to happen now. And you have to deal with these accounts. Yo, um, it is, uh, the last thing anyone needs to deal with. So uh, shout out to anyone who had to deal with that. That shit sucks. Um, let's get on the good foot, guys. Let's let's talk some fucking hardcore. Um, I want to go freewheeling. I want to spin it around. We had some really good conversations online. Lots of people. Uh, people are in a good spot with hardcore right now. I agree with that. Um, well, actually, hold on. I, I want to ask you both individually. So maybe that's where you're going, PK. Are you in a good spot with hardcore right now? Uh, no, I'm not necessarily. But uh, I, I, without getting into, I think that uh, you and I have had conversations uh, independent of each other with people who are in a bad place with hardcore. And uh, that's interesting because I don't see myself like you asked me and I said, no, I'm not in a great place, but I, I don't find myself complaining about it at all. Cause I actually think that for the most part, things are good. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm personally not moved by a lot right now. It's, it's been like two bands in a year that have like mm. at all kind of like, pulled me into things, you know, but like there's, there's things I like, like the, uh, the dare single. When I heard that, I was like, Oh, what a fucking fun piece of hardcore, you know? And I'm like, right. Oh, I like this, but like, I'm kind of at a stage where I really, I'm not, I can talk about things that I like, but I'd really like to feel overwhelmed and I'd really like to feel moved. And some people say that that's an unrealistic standard to hold things to as we get older, but I'm still, I still search it out and I still do th- hold things to a standard. So uh, I'm not in the best place in that I'm not feeling super inspired right now, but I'm also not in a bad place in the respect that I think that there's a great many bands doing what they're doing well. Yeah. I, I will say this. I had a conversation Tom. I want to get to where you're at with how you're feeling on hardcore right now. Good. Great. Uh, indifferent, etc. But um, I'll call him Max. We'll call him Max. Uh, he he was he was he was in a down place. It was also I caught him in a mood, so you know. But um, he was pretty fired up. But where he got to about it is a place that even if you're in a down place, 
was that um, he felt so because he was passionate about his love for, for the thing in general. You know what I mean? I always say the worst thing, and this speaks kind of broadly, but I think it can be used in broad strokes. Worse than um, being pissed or feeling like shit sucks is pure apathy. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's never good. That's the opposite of love. Yes, that is the opposite of love. That's correct. Thank you, Tom. That's perfect. It is truly the times when I've felt the most disconnected from hardcore. It isn't when I'm like, damn, ugh, I don't like this. Ugh, I don't like that. Or, uh, you know, I, I was unhappy that people loved this band, but I was didn't get it at all. It's when I just didn't care at all about any of the shit that was going on. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Life gets in the way, right? You know what I mean? You get older. Uh, the three of us have a, a combined age of 273. So um, what the hell do we know? But we've been able to be around and you go through these ups and downs. When I feel apathetic, there was a few years where I was just like, oh, all right, you know, I don't, this stuff's all big and I don't, particularly care for it i don't hate it but nothing really warmed me part of it was i wasn't looking at that time and that's where that apathy comes in is that you don't look for stuff to love i actually am in a pretty good place there's there's bands i really like i don't feel myself particularly pulled into going to live shows i went to one really good show this year it was it was very good shout out to mind force shout out to age of apocalypse uh shout out to life's question um, shout out to Almighty Watching, uh, played Poughkeepsie, and that was a great show. Um, and I, I think I might be forgetting someone. Please excuse me if I did. Uh, but I, I have not pulled in to go see things live, but I've talked about that for a long time. Tom, where are you at? How are you feeling about where are you at with hardcore right now? Are you feeling good? I mean, I think it's been going well. I, I, I'm, I'm in that same kind of boat with you. Right. Um, it's funny. Like, I think during the pandemic, I was like, fuck man like this sucks like without having this around right and now that it's back and i hope it's only something that we're dealing with and not hardcore at large but i'm like gonna pick and choose the ones to go to sure like the sure. shows i go to and stuff especially i mean quite honestly not to go back to you know like going to a show and catching covid right not kind of put a damper on the whole fucking thing to be <laughs> be kind of be honest yeah, with you I've no no well, all right. Well, I'm not just going to go to like every show now because it's like I hopefully can't get it again, but I'm not trying to risk it. And, you know, and I think I think, you know, as a an older person in hardcore, mm. like um, my forebears aren't really making life easy for for folks like me. Right. And there's a lot of fucking divisiveness and like hatred going on against people that I never thought would ever be on the wrong side of hardcore at large. Yeah. The wrong side of that eight ball. Right. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, it's fucking tiring. You know what I mean? And I think like, it's even to me that, you know, you always have that. Like, I mean, I can only speak for myself that I go like, Hey, maybe I shouldn't go to shows anymore. I'm old man. Like, you know, maybe yeah, this isn't yeah. like, you know, like, you know, and, and, but I go, you know, but I love this and I'm not going to like, sure. have take it. but like, I think given what's going on, it's becoming more and more and more of a younger person's game. Right. Because the older people are making themselves useless. It's a and good like, question. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like someone mm. was like, 
a buddy of mine was like, do you like, do you think this like it's impacting? Like, cause we had talked about like, like the, the sheer terror slap shot tour. Like that's a great fucking sure. tour. Yep. Yep. And it struggled in some places. And I'm like, I wonder yep. how many, because young kids are just like, fuck everybody over 35. I don't know. Right. No, I mean, so, so they assume the worst. Right. Well, and so let's play, let's do, uh, let's do this. Tom, you're going to be in the middle for this. Patrick, would you like to be the good cop or the bad cop on um, old folks and hardcore? Why don't you, why don't you be the bad cop, AKA the person going after you're, you're the bad cop. No, you, you're the good cop. You're the good cop. Okay. I'll be good. Who is uh, young people? people? No, anti old people. (laughs) <laughs> wait i'm the good cop that's anti-old people yes the the bad cop is the one cop. the bad cop is the pro old person so i'll take that sense tom in hardcore 2020 uh, patrick tom you get to be ruling on this and speak to it patrick uh hardcore 2021 it's the old people who are the ones who are the voice of dissent who are the only ones who are really trying to come up against anything and all the young people are just going with the bullshit sheeple uh okay the the old people are lost in the sauce on uh pedantic nonsense that young people shouldn't give a shit about eat shit old man true uh the old people (laughs) are the only are the ones who know what's up because we got to see it and these young people just don't even know what's going on they're totally disconnected from what made hardcore hardcore yeah, and your father saw Chuck Berry. Nobody gives a shit. Shut up, old man. <laughs> uh, yo, when these old people say that, it's just that they don't respect their elders. They they should be learning from us. Elders are just some fucking weirdo exploiters. I don't give a shit. Shut the fuck up, old man. Yo, these kids don't know nothing. Why do they keep talking like they know shit? They shouldn't. They shouldn't say this shit. They can't. They wouldn't say this to my face. You know what? I'm gonna fucking <laughs> rat pack your old ass with three of my fucking <laughs> young homies. We all do jujitsu. I don't give a shit. I'm going to tear your arm off. Yo, if you read anything online that sounds like the shit I was saying, uh, block, unfollow, or just otherwise remove yourself from that shit. Hello out there. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. It's something I've I've started telling my son. He, you know, there's good kids at school, there's bad kids, and I've told him, you know, the bad influences: move, avoid, distance, easy. Just get the hell out of there. That shit sucks. Uh, you see that energy. I mean, what Tom is saying is so dead right that it feels like, and it's, I won't go ageist on this. We just did because it seems like the overwhelming majority of people who have that energy 
reside somewhere between the ages of 45 and 60. Um, but there's people younger than that. There's people probably fucking older than that who have that. If you see people carrying that energy with them, it's, it's about them, not you. You know, like, don't, don't sweat that. That shit's so ugly. And Tom, you described it, and I could hear the exhaustion in your voice thinking about it. It's just so much. And especially since we do this podcast, I think we hear about it probably more than the subjects of it hear about it. Maybe I, I, yo, I, I, I bubble myself from a lot of that shit pretty hard because I think it's so nauseating and it's yeah. But I mean, it's like, something that people bring up to us all the time. Oh yeah. You're not, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You know what I mean? I'm sure. I'm sure you guys hear it. You and Pat might even hear it more than me, but I still hear it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, Fucking tiring, you know what I mean? It's tiring. So um, we're in a good place with hardcore. Uh, Just go through this real quick. Um, Some of the bands who we heard from a lot. I heard I heard Akulu a lot. I heard Scowl a lot. I heard Zulu a lot. Drain a lot. Um, Yeah, Dare, Dare a lot. Life's Question a lot. Gel, Uh, Gel a lot. End it a lot. Um, So. Yo, soul there's blind. A, there's a lot of shit. Blind. There's a lot. Of, there's so much. I mean, and those. That's just like the things that I saw. Yo, it's not like we had three thousand responses, but we had a lot of responses. And those are bands who I've seen mentioned more than upwards of five to seven to ten times. If you haven't heard one of those bands, go check it out. Those are all bands of very different flavors, and um, that's just my 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 recommendation. If you don't think you're in a good spot with hardcore. Do a little There's seeking. Great you know, shit out there, man. There, there is. We, There's we a lot. Here's my question. Yes, I got a question. Please. So, um, we I talked about meeting a relatively famous person. I mean, pretty famous. On, pretty um, famous. I think he's pretty famous on on the Patreon. Mm, yeah. Right. And you know, we were talking biz. Yeah. You know, and this person was like, you know, I mean, this person probably, you know, a small venue on a tour for them is probably five seven thousand people right 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 so you know they were saying like hey you know like these shows will sell out then we get there and realize like 30 percent of the people don't show up oh yeah i just experienced mm. this it's it's now it's like i feel like that's happening 30. in hardcore because i cannot tell you how many shows that i've seen that have been announced as sold out that are looking kind of fucking thin yeah, I mean, I'm not like I don't want to be the fucking bearer of bad news, but I've seen some shows and I'm like, this isn't what I was expecting to see. Like, yeah, it's it an pretty fucking rough. It's an interesting conversation there. Um, so so we could talk about the reasons I'd like to get there. Why, why that might be. I would also say the first thing to me that always jumps out is, is it being labeled sold out? Um, is it for the look? You know, because I know that the getting like there's different motivations for that, too. Um, The almost sold out commentary, I think I've railed on, but it's been a while. I hate it unless it's actual like like the and I know there's promoters who love it and use it as a tool to like push. But there's other promoters. It's stupid. Well, so when it's actual scarcity, it's the same thing as like fake scarcity versus actual scarcity. Yeah. When it's actually down to the bottom, I get it. I want a promoter to go, hey, yo, if you've been waiting, there's 50 tickets left. I, I, you know, just just so you know, you know, like I appreciate that. But I know there's others who go, 
uh, hey, oh, tickets are moving fast. This one's going to sell out. And it's like, yo, relax. You, um, you're, you're 25% sold on a 300 cap venue. And it's been, you know, it's been a couple of weeks. So, so, yeah, right, you right, know, right. like just you don't need to push it like that. You know, um, that, almost, that almost defeats your purpose, you think, right? I, I just think it looks it's just a sad look. So, uh, you know, when it actually well, is no one out, knows. Well, well, right. And no one till knows till it happens. And what I like is you see it with with bands who are doing it in the real way. They say or even promoters. But it's like, you know, one step closer is like, hey, it's about half sold out. Uh, there's 150 tickets left. Yo, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just being plain. That's speaking with transparency and saying, hey, right, yo, figure out what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yo, it's cool. You know, um, so I don't know. The Triple uh, B Fest did that too. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, the like now they're like, there's Scanlon five tickets left. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, like okay, yo, you, well, you better hustle. Yeah, if you want to get your ticket, get it now and forever hold your peace. If not, you know, um, the, the optics thing, uh, I bet some of it is. Sold out means a different thing now than it did a year and a half ago. Would you guys say that? Because you think it's based on capacity and not real selling out? Because, because like CBGB's capacity was like 215 people. And I've been to shows that had like 700 people in that room. Well, now think about what CBGB's would be today because there's capacity limitations. And but are I, there any more? Some, yeah. I think. And you get to a certain point What Patrick should go in on is the tour he was on was playing venues where they had to take that serious. And so it's, it's a, let's say it's a 500 cap room just for a hypothetical, but due to mandates, uh, they can only do 300. Well, you know, sold out at 300, still a nice number, but you look around and you're only 60% full because you can only have 300 people in the 500 cap room. If that makes sense, so it could right, it could right. be just straight up that I think that always plays in. And I'll also be honest: there's been shows I was I was let know that the Dead Heat Blind Justice show at the Shore was lit, and there was like 180 paid. But I swear, when I looked at those photos, I'm like, oh damn, it doesn't look full. People were like, no, yo, it was a dark, crowded basement. It was packed. I was like, that's fucking awesome. So uh, so I hope I hope it's more. The, that it's actually some places are dealing with capacity. Pat, go in. Well, the the 30% that Tom mentions is what I'm hearing. I don't I'd be interested to know how that breaks down. That's got to just be an average, obviously like yeah. so, like different types of tours. Like for example, uh, the Thrice tour that we were just on plays to a mm-hmm. uh, like a older audience than say a, a turnstile sh- tour, right? So like the, the Thrice Tour plays, everybody's over 30, right? And, I mean, that's not actually true, but, like, let's say broad the majority. Tour. Yeah, so, so, so like, let's say that people are over 30. Uh, you're going to see, I think that bands like that are going to get hit with a harder drop than a band that appeals to, like, 21-year-olds. Um, I could that's, be wrong. That's a good point. No, I think that's a good point. Like people with families, people that like a lot. Listen, I sat down with a fucking scientist uh, uh, on on this tour, like a guy whose qualifications are fucking get him into national news on on occasion. And he's got a great understanding of virology and all these other fucking epidemiology, all this bullshit that he understands far better than anybody here. And he still didn't know what exactly to do about his children moving forward. You know what I mean? So right. the, the, the 
so if you were 30 plus and you've got a family at home, you might love thrice, but you don't love thrice so much that you're going through this headache. You know what I mean? So like, but people have gotten so used to, to being fucking homebound that you buy these tickets and whether you bought these tickets in 2019 or you bought these tickets when they went on sale over the summer. And when it comes down to it, you're like, ah, fuck it. Like you don't have the energy. People have lost the energy. We used to commute to work. We were talking about this the other day. I'm like, yo, bro, I used to an hour and a half each way, five days a week. Now that's like insanity if you think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Although there's a part of me, even though it will not apply to me at all, <laughs> there's a part of me that wishes that it would come back. <laughs> like, even though I think it's probably bad for the environment and a million other things, I think it's so bad for people's mental health to be home. I, I think you got to get out of your house. And even if that means like a soul crushing commute where, you know, what I mean, like, you, you you don't people have to are, do it. So eat a dick. Well, no, yeah, you know exactly, what? No, no, exactly what you, right. What, what you're, you're wrong, saying, though. yeah. What what you're saying is not wrong, but you're framing it the wrong way. What you're actually framing is that left to their own devices, a lot of people don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. So they end up being isolated at home and don't don't go like yo. Uh, you know, as a dude who doesn't have a nine to five right now, I had to rebuild a different structure for myself. I leave the house every day. I have to, I can't just stay in my house. I want to enjoy my time here, which I really do. I love being home. Right. But it can't just be like, you can't, when you're trapped in your house, like a fortress, you, you, you're going to go crazy. You know, I've been there. I mean, I work fucking nine to seven, nine to eight sometimes. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, I haven't even checked the mail in three days. Right. Because you've been just great. You've been in it. Right. So, so, you know, by the time it comes around, you go, I don't want to go out. Right. So, so, uh, Pat, maybe that's our, uh, our 2023 business venture is, uh, is the, so you work from home now, uh, business course, uh, life skills course, like, okay. So find your local, uh, coffee shop, um, cafe, et cetera, uh, whole foods that you can go sit in on two days a week to work. So you can experience the world outside of your own walls. So, uh, no, let's go a different way. Let's let's just say stay inside. Here's a bib. Fall just fall apart. All right. Uh, <laughs> please reach out to our, our business associate and see if he's got anything left to spare for our uh, our constructive ideas. Yes. It, it, here's a smock. Just just make a mess of yourself. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> right. Here's a moo move. Just give up. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, let's right, keep rounding the bases. I got some more questions. Uh, let's Patrick, do it. All right, guys, this one's more uh, a little bit more lighthearted. So let's get it. Let's stay in the current day based purely on hardcore. Where are you moving for and to and for what they have going on? So you're you're not moving based on the sun rises, the the weather, etc. Based purely on hardcore. Where are you moving? God, is remember when Florida was popping like three years it was. ago? It really ago? was. It really was. Yeah. I I wish we could go back to that because I'd like to go to Florida. Uh, I you know what though? Look, it's not always my scene. Mm-hmm. Speaking frankly, uh, because it's like there's a lot of like. Um, don't take this in the wrong spirit, listeners at home. I'm not the old crank calling people tourists. I'm just going to say there's a bit of a tourist energy, you know, if people could just follow my meaning as best they can there. (laughs) Uh, Southern California is, has a lot going for it. Uh, That was going to be my call. 
sometimes it, sometimes the energy is a is too casual for my tastes. You know, well, looky Lou. That's why I use. Yeah, I use your... yeah, it's a bit looky Lou, and it, it's a bit too casual for my taste. But lifers there too. That's real. Oh, for sure, a lot. But I'm gonna say Southern California to me has a good mix of the things that I enjoy. Um, but it doesn't seem so tightly knit that there's some of the ugliness that I can't handle. Right. Or that you'd have to break into the, the scene. Yeah. Oh God. Imagine me trying to do that at, at, at an advanced age, like being like, Hey, please accept me. <laughs> at some point, <laughs> at some point you can go in, maybe we'll even get some guests on it on what it was like being in Albany. That was this Petri dish of many micro scenes, all of which were very small but still existed with certain kind of social structures in them. Sure. There are no, so California houses don't have basements, right? No, no basements. No. So like, what's the, what's their equivalent of basement scenes? Uh, West, Co- West like Covina backyard. Back, yeah. No. So they, the smell was like their ABC. The smell is like ABC. Um, and you can go back further and it's like pickle patch, whatever. Um, that's Steve Aoki's place, right? It's pick yeah, match. That's right. Um, backyard shows are definitely there. And then. Which is so nuts. Cause I could not imagine like, you know, somewhere in Queens that like a full show lasting in a backyard. You know, what else is something more common in Southern California than I've experienced elsewhere is weird warehouse shows that happen in someone's business. That's still an active, but it's not like it's an emptied out warehouse. It's like, Oh yeah, we cleared out some space because this dude's dad has a business, uh, but he let us do the show here. That's pretty sick. Yeah, that was weird. Um, going to backyard shows, especially when someone brings nitrous, really, really wild energy. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to say yeah, this is wild. Uh, th- this isn't uh, California, but I've I've played a snowmobile, an active snowmobile shop, and an active rug store. Yeah. Wow. Love it. I love it. Um, all right. So you're both answering Southern California. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to. What about you? Oh, me? Uh, let's go Denver. I like what they're doing there. That's fun. Denver's got some shit, and that's like up your alley, and you love yeah. Denver. And I, yeah, and I was trying to divorce myself from that, but uh, I do really like what Denver's got going on. Let me think of one other that I can put out there that I, I where it's like a group of bands that are doing stuff. Um, <laughs> like Chicago, Pittsburgh? No, no, no. I, I like I the Pittsburgh like the bands, Pittsburgh. but I don't. It's there's there is kind of that um, smaller scene vibe. And I think I like Radic. Denver. Denver's got a lot of diversity too to the sound. And True. a lot of stuff is a lot of stuff is coming through there. Like it's I think it's now becoming a place where That's tours fair. stop, yeah. which is kind of nuts. Um, The Bay purely based on the diversity and kind of it really I don't yeah, no, I think at this point, if you want to be in the Bay, you can get just about whatever you want. They, they got a little bit of everything there, too. So that's kind of cool. Um, all right. Now, same question, guys. However, you have a time machine. So you can go back in time to any place. It has to be strictly based on the hardcore. Remember, and the one rule, I'm sorry, Tom. And maybe Patrick, I don't know. Uh, you can't stay where you are. So Patrick, Tom, you God can't damn, stay in no Boston. You can't stay in New York. You can't stay in the city. I can't stay like in New Jersey. Yeah. Patrick, you can't stay in Albany. 
Oh, so, oh I no! I know. Whatever will I do? <laughs> the New York Wolfpack show is just uh, was calling your name, and uh, you you couldn't respond. Yeah, that's true. What's no the pie place? What's the, what's the pie place on? Uh, is it Grandma's? What's that place? Grandma's on? pies. I haven't had one of those in a very long time, and I can't remember if they're good or just known. Yeah, I couldn't tell you either. Ask your folks. Um, let me know. Well, people people up here swear by farm stand pies. Like everybody's got their own farm stand. Oh pie yeah, 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 yeah. They're dedicated to. Okay, so so give me your answers, guys. Redondo Beach, nineteen eighty three. Wow. Okay. It's pretty fun. Good, well, that general answer. area. I don't yeah. know enough. One of the no, beach that's towns. a good one. That's a, that's give me a little black getting... flag, give me a little circle jerks, a little descendants, and then be fucking yeah. That's you, you'll probably catch every other little thing. You get you you're close enough. You can catch suicidal, but you're not trapped in their gang. Um, right, I'm not a psycho. Yeah, that's a good. That's good. I like that. And by the way, the South Bay, damn. Um, I'd I'd live there. That's pretty nice. I live on the Strand. Damn, man! Now you got me thinking about Redondo Beach. It is a beautiful place. All right, Patrick, your answer. Um, I'm gonna say, um, let's say early '90s New York City. Interesting. All right, give why? Yeah. So thinking about it, like you, you would want to go early '80s, right? Like it, it, AF, Bad Brains, stuff that would just blow your mind. But sure, sure. knowing my own sensibility. I think I would be more comfortable in almost every respect uh, in that kind of transition period. A lot of confusion going on. A lot of like bands that are trying to make it like a lot of bands that don't know which direction they're going. And then you get stuff like quicksand that comes out of it. That just really hits. You get stuff like orange nine that like kind of hits, you know, and you get like, yeah. Oh, you get burned. Sure. And, yep. and and you get just like an interesting shit pile of things that are like like maybe misguided, you know. So maybe some of them are really misguided, but they work for whatever reason. <laughs> and, and I just think it would be interesting. And I, for whatever reason, I think that uh, my skinny little like get in a fist fight once a decade sort of approach to life would probably go better. All right, with it, with it. All right. What about you, Bob? Uh, historically, um, hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Mm. I feel like you might be like a Detroit. Yeah, like a negative approach Necros guy. Yo, those shows seem like they'd be awesome. Like to go to the meat locker would be awesome. But no, I, I want. I, I like to see stuff in transition. I, I, I my favorite period of history is the fall of Rome. I, I think that's fascinating. You know, come, come join me in New York. Then. You're, you're there, but you it's not answer. New York, New York, the 
there would be an argument to be in New York 1989 to 1992 because it's transition. There's a lot of change, but it's not a full fall of Rome situation. Um, I am going to pick Washington, D.C., 83. Nice. So you see the end of Minor Threat, but then you see kind of uh, a lot of heads in different directions and people trying to do different things. You see the formation of some stuff like 83 to 85. Got up to this revolution summer. Yep. Just right up to there because I think there's a lot of stuff. And I think you get to see not just what's going on in D.C., but how DC was interacting with the rest of the hardcore world On the around yeah. them. Yeah. Sure. Around them and how that, cause it was so influential, but in that moment it kind of becomes singular and it's somewhat opaque in terms of like what the reaction, and a lot of this has made me think I uh, made me think of it was the, uh, I might've, I think I referenced it on the podcast, but I know I sent it to you guys. I was at um, Celebrated Summer Records in Baltimore over the summer. And uh, no pun there. Um, And they had a flyer for a Rights of Spring Embrace show in Baltimore. I I believe it's the only time Embrace played Baltimore. I don't think Rights of Spring played Baltimore that often. But it's graffiti style. Like the band names are written in like graffiti style. Wow. And, And yeah, so it's like weird. And uh, the dude who who runs Celebrated Summer, shout out. Um, check out the band Deep Sleep. Um, he he was like, oh, yeah, that's... He's like, I, I wasn't around for that. I got in stuff just after that, actually. But the legend has it that that was kind of done as a poke at Rites of Spring and Embrace and the DC folks in general because they're like... Pretentiousness. Right. They were like, uh, because the DC guys weren't totally down with the more hard style Baltimore stuff or the graffiti kids who are coming into Baltimore who are like into that. And I'm like, yo, 86, 85, 86 is really early for that too. Just to see that um, it was a right spring beef eater embrace show. Uh, so wow. seeing those bands names written in graffiti is really cool. Uh, really made me is. think that there should be a, a creative uh, bootlegger out there. So yeah, DC 83 to 86. Let's go. Sure. Um, also speaking of stuff that we sent to the chat. Yes. I'm very upset that I sent a historic photo to the chat and neither of you motherfuckers responded. Oh. Can you John Brannon getting his haircut into a mohawk at the Saturday oh, Night yeah. Live fear show. Yo, yeah, that's an amazing photo. I, I think, think I, was I, never just, saw that I think I was just awestruck. I had never seen it either. That's such a weird moment in history where it was like, I guess we have to be the most punk for Right. It's like Ian McKay being like, fuck New York. And, you know, yeah, like it was just like kids being like, right. John Joseph writing beef bologna for fear on state. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it really is crazy as far as who was who was there. But like I never knew John Brandon was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But I mean, I knew like the D.C. dudes and stuff were there, but like some of the Boston folks, but like the picture of him, like, you know, getting his fucking head shaved in the back. I thought that was pretty intense. Like that woman's photos were amazing of that because they were all stuff that no one else had ever seen before. Yeah. I mean, it is cool. I'm, I feel shame that I did not respond. Especially you, like Jay, you know, 
check it I, out. I should have. You know? I, yeah, I should have let off with check it out. And you guys would. If you had said check it out, I think we would have at least said some religious style quotations, which is our favorite sure. new thing to do in the chat. Uh, everyone responded to the Whole Foods hot bar photo I sent in the chat. It was loaded and it was glorious, guys. I couldn't believe it. Uh, so shout out to the Whole Foods. Is that the uh, deal Whole Foods? No, Wayne, New Jersey. Had a, Wayne. A, Wayne, New Jersey had a mission to go on today. Um, so I have more questions. Do either of you want to throw anything out? Yeah, I got two things. I was just go. sent a I was just sent a review of uh, the drug church EP that says for fans of fiddlehead, nine inch nine inch nails, and fucked up. <laughs> Two out of three. Two out of three. Uh, By the way, Nine Inch Nails. Thank you. Nine Inch Nails is this is, yo, you want to talk about things that we talked about on tour? We Mm -hmm. listen to Nine Inch Nails, and here's how it's summed up it's like listening to some of the coolest music you ever heard and waiting for the guy to ruin it. And (laughs) that's, that's exactly what it is. Like, he writes these fucking heavy, cool songs, and then he in, he inserts, lyrics that make taylor swift look so fucking profound like the worst goddamn lyrics you could ever think of and he he just drops them in like they're not embarrassing it's the confidence that it takes to be that corny is fuck i envy it so much i mean are you saying you're not upset that you didn't write i want to fuck you like an animal that's his best lyric and it's terrible yes that is a terrible lyric lyric. no yo it's uh look at the lyrics to what's that is that uh downward spiral and then pretty hate machine go look at the lyrics i want to fuck you like an animal is among his best lyrics yeah he's a terrible fucking lyricist who did he just produce a a record for was it halsey halsey uh, if you want cringe, go go read the comments of, that he said about it. He's like, you could re- probably write the best pop record of the year, and that'd be fine. Or we can do something really ugly and difficult and hard to penetrate if I help you work on it. And yeah, there's like, so right, many sure. of these fucking... It's so, I'm so sure her label like, is real stoked on the like, yeah, let's go the fucking ugly route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's cut the budget on this one, please. Uh, <laughs> So many of these fucks are so corny, so fucking corny. You know where uh, he's from, though, right, Pat? Uh, where is he from? He's from Salt Lake. No, he's from Cleveland, Ohio. Oh god, <laughs> you know what? I, I'll take Mushroom Head over him. Dude, those um, first couple of records are incredible, but he—he's maybe hitting at a fifty-fifty rate, and that's being generous. Yeah, I agree. I wonder how he feels that all the Google image searches when you search his name. There's one that's so then the mostly him and Marilyn Manson next to each other. That's fun time. Yeah, he brought him. To, he brought him to the world. He um, did. He so, apologized later. He said this dude sucks, which is funny. I will. I will say uh, if you did a uh, Venn diagram uh, with Fiddlehead being one circle and fucked up being the other, and you wrote Drug Church in the middle, you wouldn't yeah, be one enough. million miles off. That's fine. Yeah. No, it's close enough. Uh, okay, here's my question for you, fellas. Have you seen Into Another Live? Yes. Several times. Okay. What year was the first time you saw them live? I mean, I mean, 2012 for me. Okay. 95, I want to say. Okay. So, Bob, this one doesn't apply to you. Tom, yep. it, it almost applies to you. Yes. Were you disappointed? Um, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I mean, it was cool, but I was also like a fucking 19-year-old idiot. 
Well, that's 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 why this one applies. Like, to I, it wasn't like my fucking brain level was not up to Richie Birkenhead's brain level. And I was just kind of like it was like garden variety shift and them. OK, you know? so so when I said I would, I think the early 90s in New York, I was thinking into another and I was thinking, I'm not I'm not such a big underdog fan that I think I would have been withered by into another. Right. But I bet a lot of people were. I mean, think about it. So like 1995, like, you know, wherever, you know, you're going to see fucking you're a fucking knucklehead that goes to CBs every Sunday. But you also like some other stuff. But like, you know, you go see Walter and like quicksand's like the coolest looking band in the fucking universe. Yep. Yep. You know, helmets fucking looks cool. You want to dress like the guys from helmet. Yep. Or fucking, you know, because they they dress like fucking skaters or like, you know, orange nine. They all look cool. And then like. Richie's out there with like a like a silver shiny shirt, <laughs> you know, looking like a fucking but like he looks like a space alien compared to everybody else. So it's like it's, they sounded great, but it's kind of like this is weird. I don't know. Like, yeah, this is not stadium rock or hardcore. And I, it's somewhere in between. And I don't know how to process. It. L- let me go in here for a sec. Um, I, I think I got quoted in some interview one time saying how uh, Ignorus is one of my f- top five Rev records. I love it. I don't know that it totally is, but it's one of my top five Rev LPs for sure. Um, that said, um, I said, I first heard this when I was 17. I didn't like it. The dude who was playing it for me was like, eh, give it a few years. And, <laughs> yep. he, was, and he was right. And I, you know, by 22, I'm like, oh, okay, I get this now. I'm, I'm in. Um, so there's that level for into another one. Part two, the to part two, Patrick, you identified if you're coming off underdog and you're looking for just kind of like maybe an extension of that, eh, it's a pretty far extension, just some continuity, you know what I mean? And there's not, there's not the earliest material, you can still get some growls and there's still some chunkiness to it, but it's not underdog. Um, but part three is unless you caught into another at the absolute best perfect show vibe, I don't know if the live crowd participation energy is where you'd want it to be. Yeah, I'm gonna, full transparency when I saw them. At, yep. So it was at Irving Plaza. Yep. Probably about a half half full room. Yep. Which I mean, like at like Irving Plaza, you never went to a show that was shot. And, and what you want for Into Another is you want, like, you want CBs with people stage diving and getting funky and weird. Basically, like, a groove similar, mosh. yes, groove mosh, groove mosh version of what you get from, like, a classic New York hardcore mosh version of Underdog. You want crowd participation. You want uh, Richie to be able to hit all the notes and them to go crazy. But you also want action. And I just want to say, I don't know. If that ever was 100% what was happening into another shows all the time, their best shows for sure. And I've, I've seen some good videos where it looks fun, really fun, but I have a feeling there's a lot of shows where it was like, Oh, people just taking it in and vibing. And that can be cool too, but I have to be honest. And I think we all feel this hardcore has broken my brain. And if I'm seeing a live band who I think is at all fun or energetic, I want to see people jumping off shit period. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me give you guys one, and then one of you can go. Uh, finish the sentence. Hatebreed's next record will be a hatebreed record. 
Tom, can Fine. you do better than that? Um, adequate. You can't be more okay. accurate than that. No, no. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Um, I asked this because I was thinking about: Are there people who got into modern day hate breed records who go back? To perseverance, I, I, when you go beyond perseverance, there is kind of a sh- sound change, I think. Yes, but do you think there's somebody who's into a more recent hate breed record who goes back to perseverance and just goes, "Ah, yeah, this is cool." All right, you know, like they they consider it more of the same, or does perseverance stand above? Because I'm saying, like somebody who got into the yeah uh, 2013 hate breed album might go back and not really care. Might just be like, "Yeah, it's fine." Um, I think they okay. go, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, record had a lot of energy. Like, you also had to kind of be there for it. Right. That's what I, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking of. Like, like Satisfaction sounds like a different band. It's mm-hmm. the best version of the band, but like, it sounds like a different band. But I think, uh, if yeah. you know like, what? I, I think there's decent continuity between Satisfaction and Perseverance. I think it's, I, I think after Rise of Brutality, things become, like pretty spotty and I don't mean quality wise. I mean like the, the sound, some of these records sound like heavy metal records, but then the last, the one, well, I don't want to say the last one, the last one that I know of them to put out had like not the thickest sound. And it was kind of like going for more of a thrash thing than a metal thing. So that sound wise, they've been like pretty inconsistent, I think for a long time. But you're thinking that somebody could could someone be into the divinity of purpose 2013 and not fuck with perseverance? Yes. Yes. We we have listeners who think Rise of Brutality is their best record. Yep. Uh interesting. I don't know if we I don't know if we have listeners that think, for example, like the concrete confessional right. is their best record. Uh, but we might. And but shout that out also to, has one of their shout out to you. Thank you for listening. What is the biggest song off that record, Tom? Uh, looking down the barrel of today. All right. Yo, Which, I wanna... yeah. Go ahead. I love it. You love I that mean, song? it's fucking mad. Fucking what's that band from from Detroit? King A Ten or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's got some King A Ten energy. All right, so um, Bob, mm-hmm. we're gonna play the game, and now you and Pat are gonna go against each other. Oh yes, Ooh. I love it. All right, let's do this. All right. Um, what's so looking down the barrel of today is their number one most popular song. Holy uh, shit. Are you for okay. real? But dude. All right. Um, so what's the hot? So the third biggest song they have is on Perseverance. Mm-hmm. Right. I will be heard. Yes. Yep. How many um, overall plays do you think that has? I will be heard. Yeah. Um, 15 million. Eight million. 16,757,000. Fuck, Fuck yeah. Nice. All right. All right. Number two, Um, which I don't know. Let me hold on. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Let me see what record this is on. I think it. Oh, so this song is on, number. There's number two song is on Supremacy. Okay. okay. Sure. Called Destroy Everything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like how many? Energy? How many plays? Uh, it's number two. Yeah. 23,000 or 23 million. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll go at uh, uh, 18 million. 22,669,000. Nice. Good job. Number one, 
looking down the barrel of today, how many do you think that has? 50 million. 44 million. 44 million listens. 44 Great. million listens. Yeah, that's amazing. What's the guess how many monthly listeners? Take a guess. Uh, five million. No, no, no that's no. crazy. That's crazy. I'm going to say uh, uh, two hundred fifty thousand. Let me say one point. No, let me say one point five million. One point one million. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. No, because one point one million people is a million, fucking lot. Of that's people. a lot of people. Yeah, but I think there's some people. Hate breeds just the only music they listen to. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, it's somewhere between the Godsmack person and like uh, Slipknot fans who who really like a lot of different kind of music. It's just somebody who just is like, nah, man, I listen to I listen to Hatebreed at the gym, and sometimes I listen to Mastodon to chill out. <laughs> well, so, all right. If I had to, if you had to guess, gun to your head, mm-hmm. more monthly listeners, Hatebreed or Social Distortion. Fuck man, don't don't social. Okay, distortion, in 2021, man. I'm guessing Hatebreed. You'd be right. Okay, yeah. No, because by social large. distortion has 940,000. Okay, so it's not no, by 100,000. Yeah, but I mean, like you think social distortion? You know what? Social distortion, and we all have it. I think we might have some 90s burn. There was a huge resurgence with Social Day because that one record's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, white, light, white heat, whatever the fuck. Right. Record. And then then Mike Ness had some he did his weird covers record that like low key. That's a poster that was at a lot more indie record stores than they'd like to admit for a lot longer than they'd like to admit because um, it floated their bins for a long time. Uh, so we we all witnessed the social D like social D I think it's <laughs> been nothing but diminishing returns since 1999. Yeah, but I mean, there's still a band that like headlines fucking like Hatebreed has more monthly listeners than Pennywise. Yeah, I think the average Hatebreed listener age might be 32. And I think the average social D listener age might be 45. And I might be I might be young on that. I might be saying that too young. And yeah, like, I think it's fair. It's just they have rancid level listeners, which is crazy to me. Yep. When you think of rancid, like I feel like rancid is like the one of the biggest bands in our general world, yeah, corner of I think the fucking so. music, you know what I mean? Yo, what do you think is the average age attendee of a rancid concert? I'm gonna say like 30 because there's definitely some like fucking 17 year olds and there's definitely some like 50 year olds. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's right. What about Green Day? Do they skew older or younger? They skew more. <laughs> you know, they skew more, people more. but I I, I, think, I think they skew younger. I because I get I guarantee the Green Day concert you're getting parents and kids. So you're That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. You may yeah. not be getting that at a Rancid show yet. Some. Also because it's like you're going to see the you're going to see fucking Green Day at a baseball stadium. You could be as safe as you want to be. Rancid, you're still in the shit. Yeah, you're still at a club. You're, it's a you're GA. A club. You're yeah. moshing. You know, like you got to protect the kid. Whatever the fuck. Yeah, you're not sitting in you know in the left field box. <laughs> Hold on, I got a trivia question for you guys. Let's get it. Of Hatebreed's eight studio albums, yes. How many? How many record labels? Uh, six. Five. Tom, you got a guess? I'm gonna go five. Bob gets it in one. Six yes. labels across eight releases. Oh my That's god! Awesome. Um, how I, did you I, look this up? Oh, you were on fucking good old Wikipedia. 
I, I, I don't and, I don't have it up, but I, I what was the record we were talking about? Uh, the Concrete Confessional. Yeah, I want I want to give them credit because they still had songs on that record that were clicking in at like two minutes. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, I, uh, let me them. say that. Uh, oh, they've never thing. really varied from that. They sang, they sang a little bit more. Yeah, There's a little bit more like... And all like that kind of yeah, melody in the but, but that that was they're, not, staying, they're sticking to it. That wasn't a great turn to me. Um, no. but but listen, it, as much as I as much as like the hate breed stuff that seems to really pop, uh, it, like because their era, check this out, uh, supremacy. So that's 2006. Sorry, everybody, this is now the hate breed cast. Uh, it, it, so let's say supremacy. The new hate breed record came out 2006. It, it, supremacy 2006. Uh, through Divinity of Purpose, uh, which is in 2013, these are these are the hatred records I don't give a shit about, right? Like just right, stri- right, right. straight out, no disrespect. I th- I think I think Concrete Confessional is really interesting. It's like the fact that it did well blows my fucking mind in some ways. So, mm-hmm. but so during that time, uh, looking at the U.S. charts, which this doesn't matter to our listeners very much at all, but peak chart position, Supremacy. Uh, that's uh, uh, 31 on the charts. Uh, self-titled is 37 on the charts. Divinity of Purpose, 20, 2013. It hits 20 on the charts. Number one on Hard Rock. Wow. Yo. Now here's the thing. I, I got a, I got a theory. I don't, don't like. Sorry. Oh, please. They just people in general. There were less records being sold. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's a fact. Yes, that's yeah, you're absolutely right. But so I'm not as bands that like we made the top 40 and we sold fucking 7,000 records. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it used to be like to hit the top 40, you'd have to sell fucking 75 to 100, probably. Okay, Tom, first week. I, I agree with all that, but he still had to compete with other bands. So, yes. Oh, sure. You're playing at the, the level you're playing on, whatever it is. It's the same. Yeah. So, you're correct. I still think this is remarkable. I still think this is like, like imagine, look. I could sit here going, I don't like this dude's records for three records, but Jamie Hatebreed can just honestly, it just, he could just stunt. You know what I mean? He, he, he's done this thing that is really fucking impressive. It's nearly impossible. And he killed it. Yes. He's an incredible businessman. Let's be fucking. Oh yeah. First and foremost, the dude's a dude's got a fucking head for the game, but he's also found a niche and a fucking uh, a, a way to write those records. And he sticks to it. It works. 
Yes, it's really. I, I don't. But but here's. But sorry, this is. Uh, this is not on as positive a note. Um, so concrete confessional. Uh, so he goes from divinity of purpose at 2013 comes in at 20 number one on the hard rock charts concrete Conf- confessional comes at 25 on the u.s charts number two on the u on the hard rock sh- charts okay that's cool still good numbers whatever um weight of the false self doesn't really chart at, huh. like almost anywhere and that's that's kind of wild concrete confessional was on nuclear blast people and so was weight of the false self people knew where to go you know, so like what that happened during the during the pandemic, though? Oh, you know what? You're absolutely right. That came out dead center in the middle of the pandemic. You're absolutely there. right. We'll give them a mulligan. Give them the next mulligan. one. Yep. But yeah, I mean, right. dude, that, I mean, that dude still fucking moves records and is, you know, like still plays big fucking tours and, are, you know, like. They were just on that um, metal tour, of the, whatever it was called, metal tour of the summer, metal tour of the year. Yep. Like Megadeth and I don't know, Gojira. I don't know. Yeah, you know, sounds let, right. Let's not let's not even talk about Gojira. Gojira is the most confusing thing in the world to me because it's it's pretty decent metal, honestly. Yes, better than I expected it to be. Someone played it for me. I was like, it's actually good. Yeah, and and it fucking kills on a level that I would never anticipate ever. It's big, very big. Uh. I'm now in such a hate breed hole that I'm looking up their music video directors. Oh, wow. Dale Restigini. Yeah, Dale he, Rage did all of them. Dale Rage did uh, like s- seven of them. <laughs> you know what, Pat? You know what? Like, if you want to, like, just get, if you want to, like, dive into your late era hate breed bag, I don't yeah. know how late it is. It's late for me, but it's they did a I forget a, a covers record. Oh, I know. Yes, they oh, did. Yeah. But it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Is it? It, there's some yes. wa- there's some wild wild choices on it. Like I mean, like they like they cover like Sub Zero. Yep. And like well, like I mean, it's also it's like they'll do Slayer covers and Sub Zero covers and like um sick of it all. Co- it's it's I think they do a I think they do set it off. Like it's a fun like I love like I I've been re you know what I've been listening to and I Bob you may never have heard this but if you listen mm-hmm. to it, you'd actually enjoy it. Okay. Scarhead did a, a covers record. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with this. It's actually, they, I mean, never it's great, heard it, but yeah. But so, like, they got like you know, like Jimmy Williams from Maximum Penalty on like the Leeway cover, right. and they have like Eddie Sutton on like the the Bad Brains cover. Like, so he for the songs that he might not be able to pull off himself. Yeah, dude, it's a lot of fun. Is it for the Lions? Yeah, yes, to the Lions. For the line, yeah. Um, set it off. Thirsty and miserable. All I had, I gave your mistake. It's the limit. Super That's touch. Cool. Shut me out. Sick of talk. Life is pain. Boxed in. I spoiler. It's all fucking like. It's like I mean, Pat's gonna have start twitching. There's 23 songs on it. Yeah, but it's uh, so- it's songs he they clearly wanted to play, which is fun. Right. So like 90 percent of it. So it's like a suicidal song, a Slayer song, a Misfit song. Sepultura. Yo, can I paint? Uh, can I paint? Can I paint a vibrant image for you? Yes. Uh, so, looking at the list of Hatebreed music video directors, one guy's name is Kevin James Custer, uh, who is a television, <laughs> you know, like whatever he he does music videos. And I just wanted you guys to picture Kevin James directing. That's exactly. <laughs> I pictured Kevin James in a Civil War 
uh, reenactment. <laughs> yeah, Kevin just, James so, Custer, uh, like the Colonel or something. It's have cool. you guys gone to? Uh, this is fucking perfect. Have you gone to Kevin James, the comedian's YouTube? Oh, yeah. you and yes, I have talked about yes, this maybe yes, on this yes, podcast. Yeah, it's great. It was really good. It's really good. When he accidentally like is like the sound guy and like the the boom mic is like in the shot and stuff. Like that's literally that that's who filmed the Hapri video. You you yeah, hipped exactly us on right. that, and I think Hilarious. I really thanked you. But yes, it it was. It lived up to the billing. Maybe one of the best recommendations we've made collectively. On so this funny. Um, I'm looking at the Scarhead Dreams Don't Die, their cover record. Um, yeah, this is solid. Uh, it's like I, a Cindy Lauper cover on. That's it's the last yeah, it's really the last fun. The, the, yeah, and it's not. SOD. It's like a deep cut Cindy Lauper song. Too, yeah. You were mine. Yeah. That's cool. Good for them. I think Paul Bearer sings on that. Fuck. okay fuck i'm all in on that all right I'm dude the, it's such a fun record this it's recorded incredibly well it's so fun dude like i, I love shit like that like yeah no this is this is the, uh, you know um it's weird we may have gone full circle on covers because i don't think covers happen anymore i understand why because i'm looking at this um Guys, in the last five years, if you went to a hardcore show, could you have seen Outburst? Yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Killing Time? Yep. Yep. Not Warzone? No. Um, Underdog? Yes. Yes. Sick of It All? Yep. Chromags? Yep. Murphy's Law? Yep. SOD? No. No. Leeway? Yes. Yep. Sheer Terror? Yep. Yep. Youth of Today? Yep. Yep. Bad Brains? And- uh. Not so much, AF. Yep. Yeah. Um. So so other than Cindy. So uh, I get why covers kind of went away. Um, covers are cool. I think people. It's kind of gone the other way. Bands don't do don't do them as much. The rule with covers should be do one, maybe two in a set. If you're getting really, really, really frisky, don't let the the cover songs dominate you. Um. If you do something fun with it that can either be really cool or literally awful. So, so trust yeah. a friend to tell you one way or the other. I got a um, question about this. And, and my, my last piece of advice is if you cover a band and you make it part of your thing, that can be so cool. Judge did it. AF did it. Why can't you? All right, go ahead. What's your question, Tom? So talking to Tyler from inclination LDB, he was saying like he covered, they covered, it was a Life of Agony song, I think. Either that or a Biohazard song. I don't remember. Uh-huh. I'm like how nobody knew it. Yeah. So we were like, you know, there were certain songs like, you know, when we were kids or whatever, or even later on that like you knew you play the song. It's yeah, gonna be going bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Like Indecision used to cover Girl Biscuits all the time. We used to yeah. do new direct. Oh, we did start today as new di- as Indecision, New Direction for MPB. No matter where or when you played that, you knew it was popping bonkers just fucking you know are there any covers in 2021 at like say a gen pop hardcore show not like a niche like oh if you play this fucking like you know fucking negative fx song it's gonna of course that'll go over some places and not some places not no my chunk somewhere some people are gonna be psyched some people are not gonna know what the fuck you're doing is there is what, there a cover that could go or like a band or like a few bands that you know would go over well? Yeah, no, 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 no. not at all. It's fucking I mean, tough, yo. Because because there were ones like you you mentioned GB, 
Inside Dang. Out. Inside Out used to be a for sure yes, could yeah, really hit. Sure Yo, uh, it is not that hit that. At, at Back to School Jam. It yeah, did, actually, yeah, yeah, you guys did well. Um, Pat. That is not the case <laughs> in every place you play. There are places you can go and play that where people will be looking at you cold in the face. Like, what do you? Sure. What? What is this? So, uh, no, it is wild. Even I, I almost feel crazy to say this. I don't even think that a minor threat cover is sure to go over. Not three. at all. Not at all. Like if you bust out filler, it's not a definite response. No, no. correct. Certainly That's not crazy. a bad brain song. Certainly. No, like, certainly not. No. It, it, Chrome eggs, certainly not. I, I, nope. this, I saw a band, a video of a band. I think it might be the new version of Reaching Out do a Chrome eggs cover, and they did it very well. Sounded great. Um, and it was minimal response. You know, it just it's just not the way it was. You know what I you know what, honestly? I bet that there are ones that we're not thinking about because the idea of doing them would be weird to us. So like, so like I, a hate recover ceremony, ceremony I bet cover could be. Yeah. I, bet a cer- I bet a ceremony cover would go over better than 90% of what we're talking about. What about a TUI cover? I thought about Big. that. I couldn't think of the band that could really pull it off. I mean, I mean, it wouldn't do it well, but it would go mm-hmm. off. Yeah, maybe. You know, someone and and if anyone was at at um, Promcore and can 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 certify this for me, I'd appreciate it. Someone was saying that there were three system of a down covers there. Uh, I I quit the podcast. I'm out to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's over for me. Sorry, fellas. Sorry, fellas. I gotta go. I don't like there anything were, anymore. There were local bands that played that weren't necessarily like. Yeah, strictly speaking, straight hardcore. So like yeah. that's feasible. But like, was that a thing? I feel uh, like it, Slipknot it, no. is huge, right? But people can't cover Slipknot because no one's that com- not that talented. Yeah, but, I mean, like to pull that shit off. Either, but I'll say this: I've never seen anything in my life like going to a bigger show, and every bigger show, ha- they if it's guitar music, they play. What I think it's toxicity is the song. Maybe it's chop suey. Whatever the fuck it is, they play toxicity it. Of our city. They they play it through the house speakers before bands, and people treat it like they're at a show. It's yeah. re- it's really fucking weird. I've seen it multiple times, and I don't understand it. <laughs> so well, Nookie is like that too. Oh, I'm sure that like rappers will play that, and like people yeah. go. Fucking People start push pitting. Yeah. Yes. God. I don't know guys, what's going on. I gotta take a hot shower. Uh, <laughs> can I leave? Can I leave? Let's you leave can we? Can we? Yeah. Let's end on a positive. I'm. That, All right. Let me leave you with down. an image. Let me le- just leave you with a strong image. Okay. This is my idea as Kevin James Custer the uh, second for a hate breed video. Why okay. I do declare. So, <laughs> uh, really high contrast uh, color. Uh, correction right so like the colors are popping and jamie so it's it's a it's a a grow operation a weed weed grow operation and it's got jungle sounds jamie sticks his head between the weed plants he's got a rebel eight uh bandana on and he and when the music when the hate breed music kicks in people just mosh through the weed Bang! What do you think about that fucking music video? You're fired. I'm gonna hire, <laughs> I'm gonna hire Ian instead. I'm, what? That's a better idea than anything Ian's ever had in his life. Yo, let me just pitch you on this one. Hit me. 
We're in a warehouse. Okay, yeah. I'm following you so far. I hate it. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 